Welcome to Let Me Ascertain You. This show is a program of The Civilians, the Center for Investigative Theater. Each episode captures a live event, and most everything you'll hear is taken from an interview with a real person. This podcast is the first in a series taken from our live Let Me Ascertain You cabaret called Flops, Failures, and Fiascos that took place in New York in February 2016. This past season, for the first time ever, we at The Civilians handed control of the Let Me Ascertain You cabaret series to our R&D group of writers and directors. The R&D group gives independent theater artists a space to incubate new works at all stages of development over the course of a season. The Flops Cabaret was curated by Civilians R&D directors Sanaz Gajar and Colette Robert, and it featured interviews conducted by members of our field research team about moments when people have aimed for a target and missed the mark spectacularly. In this episode, we hear the opening number from Flops, Failures, and Fiascos. It's called Go For It, with music and lyrics by Adam Cochran, Joe Lampert, and Matthew Marsh. The song is sung by Jen Kwok, with Ali Benino, Cindy Chung, and Nick Corey. Alex Grubbs accompanies on guitar and vocals, and Chi Young Kim accompanies on violin. Your time better get ready for it. Get in line, you're gonna show my out now or never live your destiny. You were born for this baby. Make your move, you gotta climb the ladder. Time to be bold and show them that you matter. Get up, get out, there's no turning back. It's far too late for second guesses one day you might learn your lesson shot up high but you ended lower drive so fast but now you're pulling over after all that you built you've got nothing to show for it why even go for it now again isn't it time you bail all your friends are gonna say you failed Take a look into the mirror It's time you face yourself, baby It's far too late for second chances Pack your bags and move to Kansas Shot up high, but you ended lower you're pulling over After all that you built You've got nothing to show for it Why even go for it? Shine so high But you went lower Drive so fast Now you're pulling over After all that you built You've got nothing to show for it Why even go for it? Why even go for it? Try for money, give up, give up. you try for goodness. 
Next up, we have a song called Lost and Found, with music by Julia Meinwald and lyrics by Gordon Leary, based on an interview with a woman who managed to overcome disasters with the help of strangers. The song is sung by Ali Benino, and Chiyoung Kim accompanies on piano.
in Hawaii on this boat like a catamaran with a single sail and I'm out for the evening fishing with friends and my friend starts chumming we hear a snap and the mast is falling right into my lap we look at each other like this is how it ends we're lost no boats are near us we're out of reach we're lost too far to swim back to the beach we are lost but thank god Cause he calls for help on his iPhone 5C We ask them where we are and tell them nicely please to hurry They ask if we're hurt and he says just our pride But they don't know how long we'll be out in the tide So we settle in and we try our best not to worry We're lost, they ask if we could wait till dawn We're lost for hours, we keep floating on We're lost We're on the lookout for a dinghy But they send a helicopter And a boat of gorgeous firemen Four or five So they tow us back in All the way to the shore And a crowd has gathered A hundred or more We're exhausted and embarrassed But at least we are alive this episode in our three-part flops, failures, and fiasco series, we have a pair of overlapping monologues about separate wedding disasters told by anonymous wedding guests. The guests are played by Maria Cristina Oliveras and Chris Tyler. 
This is the story of my cousin's wedding day. I was invited to be in my friend uh, Bronwyn's wedding. Um, my cousin Jen has uh, always been uh, trouble. Um, and while she was in college, she met this guy. They started dating. Uh, they moved in together. Um, he was like a, a weird dude. Uh, Bronwyn's a friend that I met when we were waiting tables together at this restaurant run by this horrible guy. We bonded over mainly what it was like to work for an untamed sociopath. <laughs> she was always just like really somebody I really connected with because she was so open about everything. And she had this great motto um, that she taught me, and which is better out than in. If you have something that's bothering you, better to let it out than keep it in. Uh, he was very sort of affable, but never really seemed very bright. And, um, but he was also like very passive, extremely passive. And, and despite the fact that he grew up in a sort of rural area, he had never learned how to drive. Um, so my cousin did was, she was essentially like the chauffeur. She had to drive him everywhere because he not, not only did he not know how to drive, he showed no interest in learning. He was completely happy for her to drive him everywhere. Bronwyn got pregnant. Um, at about a year after I met her, she got pregnant. And she and her boyfriend at the time moved, decided to move to the West Coast. But we stayed in touch. And uh, about six months after she gave birth, she sent me an email, you know, saying, I'm getting married. I'd love for you to be one of the bridesmaids. <laughs> Uh, eventually, uh, she decides, he decides they should get married, but he's never told his parents that he was dating anyone because my cousin was Jewish. She is Jewish. I mean, this whole time, they had a separate phone line in the same apartment, you know, to maintain the fiction for his parents. Yeah. And of course, his mother cried upon learning he was going to marry a Jew. And so it's sort of in this, in this that we're sort of heading towards the wedding day. The wedding is at this beautiful chapel. It was just like a really cool mix of people. And I was thinking, have you ever seen that movie, Rachel Getting Married? <laughs> Where it's like the director made sure to include every possible culture in that. It was kind of like that in real life. So the wedding is going to be in rural New York. And um, so Keith's conservative, rural Pennsylvania parents are going to come to New York City for this wedding. And so, the first meeting between the families were at a rehearsal dinner, and it was every bit as awkward as you can imagine. My friend looks beautiful. She's so happy. It's like this gorgeous ceremony. She's done this big, sort of like communist, everybody just sits at tables and shares one big meal. <laughs> After the rehearsal dinner, we got out for a little bachelorette something, and it's uh, not a big thing. And it's really clear that Jen is looking to get blasted. And so, yeah, I am there along for the ride. It all feels very weird. I don't feel particularly festive, so I don't get hammered. She definitely does. After the ceremony, nobody knows where Bronwyn is. Where's the bride? Where's the bride? And uh, I go outside and I see her sitting in the car with her hands at her head, hanging out the side of the passenger door. And her best friend, Christine, was standing there with her. And Christine sort of waves at me, go back in, go back in. 
because she was vomiting uncontrollably out the side of the car. So the next morning we go to the Elizabeth Arden Red Door Spa to get our makeup done and Jen shows up bleary-eyed, miserable, clearly deeply hungover. And she doesn't want to eat anything because she doesn't feel great. So we go there and, you know, there are these little uh, cubicles basically where you go and you get your makeup done. I poke my head into Jen's cubicle and she looks like a clown. I couldn't see her vomit. Uh, The only person who really saw her vomiting, the only people who saw her vomiting really were the groom, her father, and her best friend. They kept everyone else at bay from it. So the next thing I know, they say, Bronwyn had to go home and rest for a couple hours because she's really not feeling well. The brightest pink lipstick. Yeah, and, and like really bright eyeshadow, like lots of blush on her cheeks, like she's got this consumption in the 19th century. And, 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 uh, and I said, I sort of said, oh, wow, oh, 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 uh, uh, wow, how do you feel about your, uh, your, your, your face? There were speeches. Her husband gave a speech. Her father gave a speech. They referred to the fact that she wasn't there, but everyone was so, because it's, California, everyone's fucking happy. <laughs> they were all just like totally chill about it. And I'm like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. The bride isn't here. And somewhere along the line, someone says, oh, uh, hey, can we bring you a drink from the bar while you're getting dressed? And Jen is like, yes, I would like a gin and tonic. So I see, I see ahead of us what's going wrong, right? And I'm like, oh, also, is, is there something we could eat? So I cut up these hors d'oeuvres into tiny little bites and I'm like putting them in her mouth so they don't touch her lips. And I'm just trying to get as much food in her as I possibly can because by the time the guests start arriving, she's had three gin and tonics on a completely empty stomach. (laughs) And here I am, I'm trying to shove pigs and blankets down her throat. Turns out the night before the wedding, the groom's father hosted a rehearsal dinner at this fancy Italian restaurant in Oakland and we got the muscles. Bronwyn, myself, and four other people from the wedding party got muscles, and all six of us got food poisoning, but it hit us all at different stages within 48 hours of having eaten them. Yeah. Jen does not keel over during the ceremony. The ceremony goes fine, and we're doing all of these sort of traditional Jewish wedding things, dancing the horror, picking people up in chairs, and I'm looking over and I'm thinking, she is green. Uh-uh. Everything about that day just feels, feels horrible, you know, and sad and embarrassing. It was meant to be joyous, and my cousin said in recent years that part of the reason why she was so trashed is because she knew that she shouldn't be marrying that guy. Y- y- yeah, y- you know why he never learned how to drive? You know how he did that? Yeah, she drove herself to the hospital both times when she was giving birth. Six people that were in the wedding party got violently ill. (laughs) The whole thing that I keep, like, I always, when I think of that, yeah. (laughs) Better out than in. (laughs) Unless you're talking about the muscles that poisoned you at a rehearsal dinner. That's it for this episode of Let Me Ascertain You. 
If you like what you heard, please help spread the word. To find out more about The Civilians and to see where you can see a live show, please visit our website, thecivilians.org. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>